Welcome to the Evolve Marriage Podcast. This is episode 10. Today we're talking about why you can't change your spouse. You can't change me. I can't change you. No. Mm-mm. Right. We're diving into that today. So here we go. Hi, this is Kate. And this is Eric. And this is the Evolved Marriage Podcast. Where we have fun with growth and connection. Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome to our 10th episode episode 10 it's like a decade right let's just move on from this um (laughs) yeah that was not good so eric how are you feeling uh i'm feeling calm at this moment (laughs) um we just came back from a great weekend so uh yeah i feel rested uh, and ready to rock uh this coming week how are, mm-hmm. Yeah. How are, how are you feeling, Kate? I'm feeling accomplished. I feel like we went, I, I we went to the cottage. I don't feel like we went, we went to our, right. <laughs> our trailer. That's reality. My parents' cottage. And we uh, spent some a really good time there. And then I came home and did loads of laundry, worked in the garden, you know, did all the mama stuff, went to the park, built parachutes. It was awesome. How does it feel to put the super <laughs> in super mom? Yeah, it's natural. It feels like me. Oh, wow. Is there <laughs> enough room on this podcast for me and your ego? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Kate and I really wanted to bring up uh, the topic on this episode, uh, really because we see this a lot in different communities that we're part of. It's something that we uh, hear a lot of people say, mm-hmm. um, but also that at you know, some point in our lives, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, we kind of felt this way as well, which was, you know, how do I get my spouse to show up differently? How right? do I change them? How do I get them to be who I need them to be? Yeah. So we really wanted to talk about this and explain to you, you know, from our perspective, why that doesn't make any sense uh, in the current way that you're looking at it. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think in the relationship, I was, I mean, in part guilty of this, not only, I wasn't the only one guilty of this, but definitely I had a huge part in it. Um, I had this contract with Eric that I never talked to him about. I never expressed myself to him, but it was just kind of like, when you, then I'll. Right. So I was waiting for Eric to change before taking any kind of steps or action in the relationship. Obviously, you know, I was really hurt. Um, a couple of years ago, as we've mentioned before, Eric was uh, deep into alcohol. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I had, and, I had problems with alcoholism. Yeah, and he um, and we had new babies, and our life, obviously, with new babies is always chaotic. And he um, kind of hid in his work and alcohol, in my perspective, is what I saw. I saw him hiding from his parenting duties, I saw him absent as a father. I saw him drinking before coming home and coming home late nights. And I was angry at him. And I was like, not just angry. I don't think that covers how I felt about Eric back then. But there was a big part of me that felt like this isn't the Eric I know. This isn't the Eric I married. This isn't the Eric I started dating a million years ago. Um, So there's this big part of me that just said like, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight for this relationship. But the problem is I wasn't fighting. I was standing there waiting for Eric to change. I was waiting for Eric to stop drinking. I was waiting for Eric to show up as a dad. And 
I wasn't going to do anything until that happened. I do want to validate. I mean, those years were extremely challenging for you. And I think when you say, you know, that I was hiding, I mean, we're at a point now where a lot of healing happened, but there was a lot of extreme frustration Mm -hmm. and probably because you didn't necessarily as hiding, you probably thought that I was actively avoiding it, right? Yeah. Probably was going through your mind and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was probably like, I married this man. We made this agreement to start a family. And now that we have these kids, he just doesn't care about this family. Like he yeah. wants to continue to live his life of drinking and partying and, and working. Mm-hmm. And he's breaking the agreement yeah. that we made yeah, to, exactly. to show up as parents and to do this together. Exactly. And obviously we've had a lot of these talks in therapy. So Eric mm-hmm. really understands what was going on in my head back then because we've had these conversations numerous times. We've had to open this can of worms numerous times to talk about it and still hurts to this day it still hurts to talk about because it was not a pretty time in our relationship and it was not I would have to honestly I'll admit it it hasn't even been a year that I've completely forgiven Eric Mm -hmm. and so one of the things you know just before we start talking about really some some tools that you guys can use to maybe change this dynamic we really want to say that a huge part of the reason why you having these conversations with your partner to to get them to try to be different, better, to change things doesn't work is because foundationally as a human being, we are constantly asking ourselves this question, which really comes from being kids. But the question is, am I good enough, right? That's a question that we're constantly wrestling with deep down, right? Within our heart, am I good enough? And when our partner comes to us and they ask us to change something or do something different, the natural reaction as a human being who lives in survival mode, right? We, we are human beings. We're made to survive. The natural reaction that we're going to have is to say, this is something that's wrong, which validates the fact that currently I am not good enough. Yeah. And I think that when I would talk to you, um, it was very focused on your drinking. It was very much like you need to stop drinking until you stop drinking. You know, we can't do this. We can't mm-hmm. do that. And I was really focused on the problem instead of what what it is I wanted in the relationship. And we'll definitely touch more on that later in the episode. But when what I wasn't doing when I was speaking to Eric is considering what was going on in his heart, what was going on in his head, because... All I was doing is focusing on me and, oh, woe is me, and my life is so hard, and I'm raising two kids by myself, and my husband's out boozing and hanging out with friends, and I'm so jealous, and I'm so mad, and I'm so everything, all these emotions I was feeling. But never in that time was I able to stop and really see the little boy that was inside of Eric that was hurting, that he was trying to numb with alcohol. Maybe you want to talk about what it was like on your side. Yeah. And I've, I've talked about the story, you know, at length with uh, a lot of people that know me, but, uh, you know, I I was suffering and what was happening is, you know, when I had young kids and Kate had a career and I had a career and we kind of bought this home and we were living this life, right. That on the outside, everything seemed amazing. Uh, inside I was in a lot of pain because I thought that getting all these things would somehow make this feeling that I had go away. Mm -hmm. Right. I was like, So not only was I not feeling great and I didn't know why, I was actually feeling horrible about myself and who I was because I didn't feel great. So it was like almost double where I was like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't be feeling bad about my life. I have this amazing life. Look how lucky I am. So I was literally judging myself for feeling bad. And that is where that kind of cycle continues to exacerbate itself over and over again, right? So I feel bad and then I feel bad for feeling bad. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when you kind of get lost in your own thoughts and your own emotions where nothing matters and you can't get rid of that feeling. And, you know, that that's what was happening. And that's why trying to achieve more work and climb up the, the work food chain, if you will, or coming home and just losing myself, you know, with different beer and alcohol and all that stuff, going to bed late at night. Um, because I had essentially gone out, created everything that I was believed I should have created, right? We had the family, the dog, the house, the kids, the health, we had everything. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel any different. And so I was lost, right? And so that's where really it, I had these feelings where I was like, man, none of this really matters. Like I feel purposeless. I feel lost. And instead, what, what you know happened eventually was I was able to get out of that. And Kate and I were really to decide, we were able to decide as a couple for ourselves what we wanted to create together now that we had done all these things that quote unquote, we should be doing. <laughs> yeah, the American dream, right? right? And so I'm sitting here looking at Eric, not now, but past. Um, and I was seeing him as this lazy a-hole of a drunk. And he's sitting there with his heart broken and completely shattered all over the floor. And instead of seeing that, I just chose to see the dark side, the yucky side, the side that I absolutely hated about Eric. And it wasn't until I was able to open my eyes with the help of counselors and coaches. (laughs) This is not something that you can do on your own. So we definitely suggest if you are in a situation like that, reach out to professionals, reach out to coaches, reach out to therapists. Every situation is different. So do what it is that works for you. But this is something that we definitely needed assistance with. Um, But it wasn't until I was able to look past the drunk look past the alcohol that I was able to see the broken heart and the sadness and the, the sad child inside of Eric and really then decide what can I do in this relationship? And I stopped saying, well, until Eric does this, then I'll do this. Then the dialogue changed to, if I do this, then I'll feel better. Right. Exactly. You really took ownership of Mm -hmm. your life and the way you felt despite what I was doing. Exactly. So you really focused on what you were doing and how you could grow as a woman, as a mother, as a friend, as a daughter, Mm -hmm. as a wife and said, Hey, this is how I'm going to show up because when I want to look, when I look in the mirror, I want to feel good about myself. Yeah. I want to see a good wife. I want to see a wife that's, that's doing her best with what she can right now. I want to see a good mom that's showing up in a healthy way for her kids. And I want to see a strong woman. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to see in the mirror. All right, so we want to give you three skills that you guys can really utilize in order to do a big mind shift around this, right? Really, it's three plus one, so maybe three plus a bonus. But um, the first thing that we really want you guys to understand is that there's a huge difference between an observation and a thought, right? A circumstance and a thought. And what often happens is we observe something, right? A fact, something we can clearly see, and then we make up thoughts about it, right? And what we need to understand is that there's a difference between that. So seeing someone drink, you know, nine bottles of beer, seeing someone smoke marijuana, see someone, you know, sleep in in the morning way too late and miss work. These are all observations, observations. right? These are facts. They happened. They're reality. But what often happens after is we actually have thoughts about these situations, right? With the drinking is... A judgment. Right, exactly. Which is, you know, you're a drunk, uh, you you drink way too much, or, you know, the, the sleeping and missing work, you're lazy, you don't, you don't think it's important to be at work, mm-hmm. all these things. And you'll start to make up these thoughts in your head based on these observations, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're essentially judging 
exactly. what you're seeing. Yeah. And there's all kinds of extremes, but what you need to understand is when you can really create awareness around your thoughts and how your perception is actually your reality, right? You're perceiving things in a certain light, but it's not always reality. It's not always the truth. It's just your reality. Mm -hmm. Well, when you can understand a difference between that, a thought and an observation, you can get to a place, which is really our second thing, where you can actually choose to think differently about a situation. Right. So moving on to our second point, if you own those thoughts, if you say, okay, I'm seeing this and I thought this, hmm, is that real? Is that true? Um, I mean, your energy goes where your, what's that expression? I never yeah, your get life it. goes where your energy flows. <laughs> yeah. Your life goes where your energy flows. So if I'm thinking, oh, Eric's a lazy drunk, then, then I'm going to be angry at him. I'm going to mm -hmm. feel all kinds of negative feelings like, towards him. So if I, at that point, own my thought, wow, Eric drank nine beers last night. No, it's not okay. No, it's not okay that, you know, he, he's being mean or he's whatever because of the drinking. But um, I can uh, understand maybe where he's coming from. I can try to see the little hurt boy inside of him and say, wow, he's really, really hurting. And I really just need to be there for him and be his love and his support and just keep showing him love and keep supporting him in the best way I can. And not to say, oh, Eric, it's okay that you're buying nine beers. Let me go to the beer store and get you some more. That's not at all what we're saying here. What we're saying is it's important for you to change your thoughts to see it in a different light, to see the pain that this person's going through instead of seeing them as this negative, lazy person, this, you know, having negative thoughts. Yeah. And it's, and really what we want to say here is not necessarily that you need to do this. You know, if you don't want to do this and you love just being in this mode <laughs> where you're just angry at your spouse all the time, fine. Keep doing that. It's mm -hmm. your it's your choice yeah. to, to think I love those things. Saying, I love saying you need to do this. <laughs> yeah, but understand that you have a part to play yeah. in how your marriage is being shaped. Exactly. Right? So. And that until you're willing to take ownership of that and say, hey, actually, a huge part of what was happening in, in our situation is that you were seeing me in, the, in that light, mm -hmm. which was also making you stuck in that situation. Exactly. Right? So I was seeing you as just this negative ball of energy in our house instead of seeing you as this is somebody I can take care of right now. And this is somebody that needs love and needs me to be there and be gentle with them. This is somebody I can encourage in different ways. Yeah. So, and that moves us on to the third point. Right. And the third point is really important because this is really where the action happens, mm -hmm. right? So now that you've taken ownership of your thoughts and your choices and you're thinking about, okay, you know, maybe there's an issue here and maybe something different needs to happen, but there's clearly a blockage and mm -hmm. this person's in pain. Well, then you can come to the third thing, which is you can set clear boundaries for yourself and vocalize them to your spouse. And if they're willing, you can create agreements for your marriage, mm -hmm. right? So what often happens is we're constantly telling someone else to change instead of thinking about what we want to create with them and then coming up with boundaries for ourselves that we're going to stick to, right? So a boundary that Kate could have set was, you know, when I see Eric drinking at a certain time, I'm going to go to bed right away. Or mm -hmm. when Eric and I go to restaurants, I will not partake in his drinking. Like I will not share alcohol with Eric while he's out. And that's a choice that Kate could have made, right? If she wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, and Kate was setting some internal boundaries for herself in those moments. 
But it's really important that you decide for yourself and you take ownership of how you're showing up and create clear boundaries that you can follow and that are clear to your partner. You know, Mm -hmm. if you decide to do this thing that I deem to be unhealthy, I will act in this way. Right. Right. I'm happy to go to the restaurant with you tonight, Eric, but I won't be drinking. And if you want to drink, that's your choice. But I'm just letting you know that I won't be drinking. That's hard. What we're saying here is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And so we often tell people, right, reach out to your tribe, reach out to us if you guys need help with it, reach out to a counselor, get some therapy. But it's really important if you feel like you're stuck not to do this alone. Yeah. And it's so important. And it kind of, that's why we kind of have this bonus fourth um, yeah. tip. 3.5. 3.5. It's because these, um, Eric, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's really important that instead of stopping a behavior, that you're creating something with your partner. So if you were, you know, instead of telling your partner, um, Stop going on your phone so much. Stop going on your laptop so much. Why are you always on your laptop? I need you to stop doing this. I need us to stop spending so much time on technology. Why not create something? Why not say, hey, really go down deep inside. Like, what is it that I really want? By him being on his computer all the time or her being on her cell phone all the time, what is it taking away from me? What am I lacking in my life that I could really use right now? I really, really want to cuddle more. I want more connection. I want to feel closer to them. So instead of saying, hey, can you get off your phone? Say, hey, I'd really like to cuddle right now. Is, that a, is this a good time for you? Like, could we do that now? I really, really miss you. And I really, really want to connect with you. And I'd love if we could cuddle right now. And then allowing your partner to choose yes or no. Instead of just focusing on the negative, focusing on fixing a problem, Right. Because like you said earlier, right, your life goes or your energy flows. So if you're only focused on problems, you will find problems. Mm-hmm. But if you decide instead to turn this around and have a conversation about co-creating a relationship you both want to be in. Right. Hey, tell me about a time when we felt deeply connected to each other. What was going on in our life? What was happening in those moments? Right. And then just creating space and allowing mm-hmm. your partner to explain themselves. And then thinking about how can we create more of that in our life? What would we be doing differently than we are now if you and I felt truly connected? So really the three things we want to leave you guys with, uh, plus the bonus, uh, (laughs) number one is really understand the difference between a thought and an observation. Just create awareness around that. Exactly. Observation is things that are real, things that are fact that you see, you touch, right? You hear. Then a thought is what conclusions, beliefs you create around that observation. The second thing we want to leave you guys with is to own those thoughts and those choices, right? You are not powerless. No one can ever take these choices away from you. And you are always the one that is choosing to think about your reality in a certain way. Whether you think about it as, hey, I'm, I'm a victim of my situation and the world's against me and I'm screwed. Or, hey, my God, I can, I can actually do something different by reaching out to people and by learning something new. You have the power to choose. Yeah, exactly. And then the third thing we really want you guys to focus on is getting clear about the boundaries you set for yourself in a marriage that's not going well for you. So get clear about that. Express them to your partner. And if they're willing to come up with agreements that work for you, hey, are you willing to agree to have a date night where we just play and do something active together, right? Maybe we exercise together. Is that something you're willing to agree to? You know, yes, no, maybe, what needs to change? And try to come up with these agreements if your partner is willing to move towards the relationship you want. And that bonus, right, really important. 
Do not focus on the negative. Do not focus on the problem. Instead, think about the positive flip of that situation and where you want to go and what you want to create, right? Because that is where the magic happens when you and your partner are working as a team to create the life that you want. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, that's it for us. So for everything we do, check us out at evolvemarriage.com. As usual, we do need you guys to co-create this movement with us. So if you know someone who you love who's struggling with some of these tactics, just feel free to share this episode with them. It really helps out. We really want to impact marriage in the world and we need your help. All right, guys, have an amazing week. Thanks for being here. Bye.